Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations, another episode of Fangs Up here, and today is the day of the HBCU Mega Camp. I know I said I was supposed to get the episode to y'all last night, but it was a tough night. FAMU baseball went kind of late. We lost the Southern. We're going to talk about that. Also have some results from FAMU track, and we're going to go inside the den. And this week, we're going to talk about SWAC expansion, give y'all some ideas and some different things to think about when considering the expansion of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Let us begin, though, by talking about the HBCU Mega Camp. The HBCU Mega Camp is literally less than two hours away from our current recording time, and I'm excited. We're going to have students that are junior college athletes, as well as high school athletes that are come throughout the day. The uh, students are encouraged to bring their own balls, bring their own football equipment as far as cleats, tennis shoes, and other things like that, but they're going to be over 18 colleges, and if you're not familiar, originally, there were only going to be four schools at this event, FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, Edward Waters, and Florida Memorial, but more universities are now coming, and it's now become a big thing, and this has the potential of being a yearly thing if FAMU and the other universities can do this right and do this well, and a major recruiting opportunity for those students that are interested in attending historically black colleges and universities. So I'm excited. I want to see what this turns out to become. I'm probably going to sneak over there today. I uh, don't tell my wife, uh, but I'm going to go over there and at least check it out and see what's going to be going on with that. It is from 9.30 to 3.45 today, and I'm super excited. Y'all, y'all can probably hear it in my voice. I got a little bit of gravel going on there, but it's because I am so excited to see what this is going to become. How does this positively affect Florida a University in particular? Because that's the school I cover, but also because I want to see us win. I want to see us become the best school in the Southwestern Athletic Conference And in order to do that, we have to be able to draw the talent and be able to sustain the talent and develop the talent. And I believe we've done that. If you look at the facilities at Florida A&M University, the new weight room, the cool down area that FAMU has, the renovation to Bragg Memorial Stadium in general is a commitment to athletics that we're seeing in particular football. We've also seen a new floor at Gaither Gymnasium, sorely needed. Not that the old floor is terrible, but if you've ever played basketball at Gaither Gym, there are some dead spots on the floor. 
really good to see that we got a new floor, new logo, and hopefully that becomes the venue for volleyball. To me, there's no purpose of having the Lawson Center used for volleyball. Do like Florida State did with Tully. When Florida State left Tully Gymnasium, they gave it over to the volleyball team. To me, that makes a lot more financial sense. It also gives you additional practice area. And worst come to worst, I don't know what FAMU DRS's old gym looks like, but if that's still a facility, let's turn that into a facility and do something with it. But I, I don't I don't know as far as with that old FAMU DRS gym, what happened to it. But again, that is a verifiable display of commitment to excellence by Florida A&M University. And I, for one, am here for it. I'm excited to see it. And we've got to continue to build this program up, continue to recruit here. Again, I'm going to try to sneak out there, get some videos, get some pictures out there. Don't tell the wife, but we're going to be there and we're going to see what kind of potential shows up and what the athletes are looking like going forward. And it's going to be a good time to be had. Mentioning a time that was good and bad and frustrating all at the same time. We have the FAMU baseball team and the season ended last night. It's a losing record by one game. 29 and 30 is a final results and it somewhat was a microcosm of the FAMU baseball season as a whole. We had times where we look really good, we lose a lead, we have times where we get blown out and the game is really never competitive. We have games where we're blowing teams out. And it's just, if you look game by game, I can point to you to a particular point in this season when FAMU baseball was that. The first game against Southern, FAMU is leading the game seven to nothing. Southern is dead to rights. And then we give up the lead and lose eight to seven. Huge loss. You lose your opening game, you're up big, and you lose the lead. And this wasn't the first time we saw that FAMU lost the lead and had to try to come back and get it. It's just very frustrating when you're seeing that happen because you know the team has the potential. You know that we can win. You know that we played the quality talent to display that we can compete with teams that are maybe at a higher level maybe teams that are even better than us. But we didn't finish the deal. And consequently, we lose that first game, putting us in the loser's bracket. But the next game, oh, we come up with that thunder. We brought that stick. We play in Prairie View A&M, and we blow them out. The game is really never close. And it's just a nice, good thrashing of an opponent from the Western Division. And... It was beautiful, y'all. I, I, I was thoroughly enjoying it, and I was lamenting that we lost the first game because all of a sudden, I'm looking and I'm like, dang it, if we had won the first game, we won the second game, we'd be in there like swimwear. But alas, FAMU wins the second game, so we're 1-1 one one in the SWAC tournament. Going into the third game, we get Southern again. And if you looked at the fifth quarter Twitter page, I did not realize that this wasn't the elimination game. I, I own my mistake. And I'm watching it, and we're blowing Southern out. I mean, the game's not close. The game never gets close. 
at a certain point, I'm pretty sure Southern's like, well, we just lost. Let's just take this L and we'll play them again. And in the second game, it's a blowout. The game was close for a little bit, about the fourth inning. FAMU comes within about two or three runs. Go back to watch the game, and next thing I know, it's 9-2. to And the game, the last couple innings, was not close. We couldn't get in a vibe. It's just not good baseball. A lot of what I saw when we played UCF and Stetson, where we're trying, we're just not competitive. And the season ends there. The season ends with FAMU losing to Southern and having a losing season by one game. Very frustrating for me because I wanted a winning season. I like winning seasons. I do understand within the landscape of historical black colleges and universities, we do play those money games. We do play those games against teams like the University of Florida, UCF, Stetson, who have better facilities and better teams than we do. But at the same point, if we dominate our conference, it's my perspective that we should be able to have a 500 record. I, I don't see why that's ever inconceivable, why it's a non-negotiable or anything of that status or statement. Fam, you can easily compete with the best of the best within the Southwestern Athletic Conference. And in my opinion, if we're able to do that, we're able to garner better talent, which will potentially encourage me, the alumni, to contribute to the program so it can continue to grow. And I feel like we learned something in this year that we didn't have in the SWAC, uh, or the MEAC, I should say. And the thing that I took away was that the SWAC's better than the MEAC, first and foremost. In the MEAC, you had two teams. You had FAMU and you had Bethune-Cookman. That was it. Baseball, softball, FAMU, Cookman, one, two. You knew it was gonna be between us two. Occasionally, you'll get an outlier come in, maybe at Eastern Shore every once in a while. Uh, A&T started investing in their program by the end, but they had left the conference. I I feel like we now know within the SWAC, it's going to be a better brand of baseball. We got to continue to recruit better talent, and we got to work on our pitching. Our, our, our pitching at times was extremely frustrating. Even in this setting, you could look at some of the fellow fam Ewans talking about how frustrated they were with the product in that we did not produce a quality pitching performance in some of their opinions. I won't lie and say I watched the entire SWAT tournament. I didn't. Uh, I, I watched that last game and I wanted to see what it was looking like, what things were, how things were progressing because I didn't want to be caught up in every moment because I'll watch the games very intently, very focused on what's going on here and what's coach thinking and trying to figure out something. I wanted to be a fan and just watch the highlights and watch the updates from the university opposed to being someone who's constantly so involved in the game to where I'm tweeting about it every inning or so to keep the fans abreast as to what was going on. But I really felt like we did learn that. Another thing I took away from this, though, SWAT Network, we slacking. 
every baseball game, if possible, should be televised. That that was it was a good product. I'm I'm gonna give them their credit, and the SWAC is has done a great job of utilizing the resources, especially in the city of Birmingham. If you're not familiar, the baseball game was played at Regents Park. That is a brand new baseball stadium. I believe the Birmingham Barons play there now, while the uh, SEC is playing in Hoover, Alabama at the old baseball stadium. And you're playing at major league quality baseball facilities multiple times over. I, I, I say major, but they're minor league facilities. Opening the season, you had the minor league classic that FAMU and the other universities played in in Atlanta, outside of Atlanta, uh, home of the Gwinnett County Stripers. That's a baseball team, Stripe Bass. And now you finish the season at the home of the Birmingham Barons. SWAC, you're doing good with these facilities. I, I just need us to see about getting more of these games on television, on YouTube, so that we can watch them and so that we can continue to hype up the brand. Part of, even if it's low broadcast quality for baseball, some people will be able to accept that. I, I watched the FAMU Stetson game and it, it wasn't great quality. The broadcasters were, they were nice, they were decent, but the video quality wasn't ESPN quality. It was just, they posted on YouTube, all their games on YouTube, and that's also a great opportunity for your journalism students to get some experience. But the FAMU baseball season is going to come to an end and uh, right at 500. So we, we got a little work to do next year. We know what we're getting ourselves into, and I look forward to seeing some growth there. But that being said, we're going to take a break really quickly, y'all. We're going to talk about the FAMU track season, and then we're going to finish out the show by talking about SWAC expansion going to mention some potential teams and some potential pros and cons and i'm gonna give you some ideas about the pod system and how i think that could work as y'all know this is fangs up welcome back we're gonna talk about family track and we're gonna finish the show shortly but we were able to get two of our student athletes to the ncaa quarterfinals one's gonna go past the quarterfinals another one's gonna end up having to come home our first athlete is Jalen Scott. He made the quarterfinals, but he's going to finish 20th in the 400 hurdles, which doesn't allow him to qualify for the next round. But, but he had a good showing. Uh, Jalen was naturally disappointed. He wanted to win, but he doesn't. And that's fine. That happens. But what we were able to see and learn from this was that FAMU still has really good talent, especially with a track program that has been somewhat in flux. But we're also seeing that family athletes continue to excel. And very proud of Jalen for the season he had. But Rachel Robertson, man, she is going to qualify for nationals in the women's triple jump. She finished in 10th place. And that's not last place for her area. Uh, but she does finish in 10th. And she's going to get 12.94 meters. Um on the triple jump there and very proud of her for being able to make the nationals looking forward to see her continued growth and hopefully she does well at the nationals and comes away with 
some gold. But again, FAMU athletes are continuing to show up and show out. I hate to use that term. Uh, that is kind of a Cookman reference. But we do see that FAMU athletes are doing very well going forward. Now let's finish up with our session inside the Rattler's Den. And we're going to talk about SWAC expansion. If you're not familiar, the Southwestern Athletic Conference recently expanded, adding FAMU and Bethune-Cookman University. And the word on the street is the conference is looking to expand again. And because of conference realignment within the FCS level, some schools are being asked if they would like to join the SWAC and others are stating they want to join the SWAC. We're going to go with the elephant in the room first. I'm going to hit y'all with the big with the big one first. That's Tennessee State University. Tennessee State University has long been the HBCU that the MEAC and the SWAC have both wanted as far as the fan bases. Maybe not the conferences themselves, but both fan bases would always like to have Tennessee State within their conference, partially because of, because of pre-existing rivalries. Primarily, though, Tennessee State's rivals are in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. For the MEAC, it would be a great move to bring in Tennessee State, largely because, one, you need schools. Two, it fits your geographic footprint and allows you some Western expansion. And it also allows the potential of some other schools from the SIAC to potentially join in into the MEAC. But we're talking about the SWAC because FAMU's in the SWAC and no longer in the MEAC. There are pros with Tennessee State joining the SWAC. The number one pro is the enrollment. Tennessee State is not a huge university, but in the relevance or in relation to the other schools in the SWAC, Tennessee State is pretty large. Its fan base would be able to support the university. They have been working on getting back to their on-campus stadium, which is not very large. Hale Stadium, also known as the whole, seats 10,000 fans. Not very large, same size as Cookman Stadium. It would be one of the smallest stadiums in the SWAC, but you would have access to Nissan Stadium for large games. And when Tennessee State is winning, their fans show up. They're just like any other fan base. When you're winning, people show up. But the problem is Tennessee State has not been winning they're in a conference where the fans are disinterested. The fans do not want to watch Tennessee State play Tennessee Tech. They don't want to watch Tennessee State play Austin P. They want to see Tennessee State play Florida A&M University, Jackson State, Alabama A&M, Alabama State. They want their historically black college to play other historically black colleges and universities. And they're not supporting the play for these non HBCUs, as well as having to pay so much to park and everything like that. The other pro, proximity to SWAC competition. Tennessee State is very close to Alabama A&M and Jackson State. Rivalries between with both teams. They also have a very good access point as far as being in a major city. You can fly from most of the major SWAC cities in the Nashville, no problem. It, it really lends itself very well to the SWAC footprint, especially those schools that are in the West, 
and northern part of the SWAC. Um, I don't know how I feel about them being in the east, but it's a good idea to consider having Tennessee State. The other thing is the rivalries. It's got to be the rivalries. Tennessee State University is arguably one of the most, I don't want to say hated schools if they join the SWAC, but they would have a rivalry with many of the schools in the SWAC. Florida and University and Tennessee State have a rivalry. The Atlanta Classic has been a thing forever. Give me FAMU, TSU, put it back in Atlanta, and let's make it a classic. It's a moneymaker. It, it does a lot for the community. It's, it's going to work. You just got to do it. Obviously, Jackson State, Tennessee State, Southern Heritage Classic, huge robbery. And if you don't want to put it in Memphis, put it in Nashville, put it in Jackson, keep it in Memphis. It's a great rivalry. Also, Tennessee State and Alabama A&M, regional rivalries. I believe they're about three hours apart. It's a great opportunity for the SWAC to expand its footprint. The con, do they want to be in the conference? That's the biggest con. I don't think Tennessee State wants to be in the SWAC. And at a certain point, some of the people in the SWAC don't want Tennessee State. Why? You keep spurning us. Why I'm keep chasing you, you don't want me. I'm not Pepe Le Pew. And that's some of the issue that Tennessee State has. Another school, and their athletic director just shot his shot. As the young people say, he shot his shot. Tuskegee. Tuskegee is very close to most of the schools in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Tuskegee is in South, South, uh, I want to say Eastern, but it's not really Eastern. Southern Alabama. That's the best way to put it. And the thing about Tuskegee, though, the pros are that it's close to the SWAC schools. It's very close to FAMU, drivable distance. Very close to Alabama A&M, drivable distance. Not too far from, I mean, uh, very close to Alabama State. I said A&M, I apologize. Not far from Alabama A&M, but not close either. Not super far from your schools in Louisiana and Mississippi. It's, it's a very good location as far as proximity to the other schools. Also, the traditional rivalries. Tuskegee is an old SIAC school. FAMU is an SIAC school. You start to see that a lot of the schools from the SIAC join the SWAC. And having Tuskegee and those schools has that old rivalry feel. Now, we don't, we don't, we're not rivals the way other, the older generation used to be with Tuskegee, but it's still there. Now, the, con, the cons of Tuskegee are the enrollment size. Tuskegee is a little bit larger than Cookman. They are uh, around 3,000 plus students. Not a huge school, but they're private, which that's a, pro, that's a pro for them. And Tuskegee still has a name. How long that name lasts is, is, is in question. But for me, the private schools of the SWAC need to attain 5,000 students in order to stay relevant, in order to stay competitive, and in order to generate revenue. Tuskegee is not exempt from that. The other con, major con, is facilities. And there's a question mark there because Abbott Field is their stadium and Abbott Field seats 10,000 students. 
and fans. Not a bad size. A lot of the fans and people who are against uh, Tuskegee joining are saying, well, the stadium doesn't have lights. So that doesn't matter. You can play day games. Nobody cares. That They can install lights for a nominal fee. That, that can be fixed. The big issue is the facility is kind of old. It would need some upgrades. And outside of the SWAC, what teams are going to be traveling to Tuskegee? Because Tuskegee is not easy to get to. Yes, it fits the geographic footprint, but pull it up on, on Google Maps and see how easy it is to get to. It's in the middle of the forest. It's between Auburn and Montgomery, and it's not the easiest place to get to. And that's a problem. You already have two places in the conference that are hard to get to. Very difficult cities, to, universities to get to. And I'm referencing Alcorn and Mississippi Valley. Alcorn and Mississippi Valley. For Mississippi Valley, you have to fly into Jackson. Or travel almost to where Alcorn is near near Vicksburg. It's why so you're going to add another university where there are major travel concerns, and that's going to cut down on your fan base. Because if I live in Orlando, Miami, Tampa, I'm not driving. I'm not driving to Tuskegee, and I'm not flying to Montgomery, then driving to Tuskegee very often. It's a possibility. It's not a likelihood. But something to be considered and thought about uh, when you consider adding Tuskegee to the conference. Another school, Kentucky State. And the biggest pro with Kentucky State is if you bring in Tennessee State, you got something. That's the only pro to me. Other than that, leave them where they're at. Because there's a lot of cons. Number one, the enrollment size. Kentucky State is small about 2,500 students, and it's a public school. We're not talking about a private school. 2,500 students for a public school does not lend itself to having a lot of longevity. Second is facilities, namely their football stadium. They actually have a basketball arena that's not that bad. Seats about 2,500 students and fans, probably better than the gymnasium at Cookman. Personal opinion, might be a slight, but... Their football stadium sees 6,000 fans, and uh, that's not going to cut it. Because if you bring the band, especially if you're a Tennessee State, Jackson State, all of a sudden, your rival's band and fans have swamped your stadium, and there's no room for, for anybody else to sit. you got to address those facilities. You have to be able to be fiscally responsible and revenue focused us bringing in a school like that means they have to upgrade their facilities to where at least the stadium seats 10 to 15,000 their gym is fine but then they probably have to add some other sports because when I looked I saw they had football basketball baseball softball track where are the other sports that are gonna keep them in the swag that are going to be able to generate that Revenue, one, but also to allow them to fit into the Title IX compliance. You got to you gotta make sure Title IX is a thing. And if you don't have your Title IX compliance, it's going to be a problem. Uh, I, because I, I see they have baseball, football, basketball. They have track and field, cross country, golf, volleyball. Great. But it looks like 
their girls' sports are going to have to catch up. That's going to be an issue for Kentucky State. Thus, I don't think they join the SWAC unless they get some major financial backing. Uh, maybe Nappy Roots comes through and gives them a lot of support, but I don't see that happening. Lastly, though, this is my wild card, big shocker. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. South Carolina State. South Carolina State has everything. They have the football tradition. They have rivalries within the conference, namely FAMU and Cookman. I don't consider those really rivalries, but it is what it is. And again, they come in ready-made. All you got to do is take the MEAC off the floor, put SWAC, they're ready to go. The cons for adding South Carolina State to the SWAC would be travel costs for everybody except for Cookman. Because the ride from Cookman to South Carolina State is not bad. It's just straight up I-95. It's not bad. I mean, you're talking four or five hours, you're there. Now, for FAMU, not so good. You're talking six, maybe more hours. That's not a short ride. Just because we're kind of in the same area regionally, South Carolina to Tallahassee sucks as a ride. It's a long ride, and I've done it. Not, 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 no, not going to be able to do it. And that means it's a problem for the rest of the SWAC. Orangeburg is not a big, major city. Again, you'd be adding another city, kind of like, kind of like, normal, uh, or Lorman, sorry, or kind of like Itabina, where they're really small cities that are kind of hard to get to. That would be a problem for a lot of the teams in the SWAC, especially if you don't have teams set up in a pod system. And ultimately, this weakens the MIAC. Why is that important? The Celebration Bowl. Celebration Bowl is a guaranteed million dollars per conference, per school. If you weaken the MIAC further and make it so that it's not soluble, where it cannot sustain itself and it cannot carry on, now you're messing with the bread. And I don't value the SWAC's athletic director as a person that wants to mess up the money. Like just let's let's just call it what it is. If you remove South Carolina State from the MEAC to bring them into the SWAC, you have now made the MEAC a conference that really cannot defend itself. And that's almost in a position where it can't add new programs. Clark Atlanta is not moving up. We already saw what happened with Savannah State. I highly doubt Fort Valley is gonna do it as well. Albany State would be a great move, but again, who are they going to play? Albany's, Albany's really close to FAMU. It's not that bad of a ride from Daytona. It ain't close either. So what are we saying here? If you're really a true person that's going to be like, oh yeah, Albany State should join a conference. They should join the SWAC because of proximity to FAMU. You can play FAMU back and forth. It's a Hour and a half, two hour ride to Albany. It's not, as soon as you get in your car good, you're in Albany. It's right there. It's not very far. It's midway between Atlanta and the other cities. So, great. Just just an idea there, y'all. Just give you an idea. I'm going to come back and give y'all an idea for the MEAC. And I'm going to come off the cuff with this one. But we're going to take a break. 
And then we're going to come back and talk about what should the MEAC do? Just since we since we spitballing, what should the MEAC consider doing, y'all, as far as adding new teams? We're going to spitball this out. We're going to pull something up on the computer and see what we got. This is Frames Up. All right, y'all, we're going to finish the show. What should the MEAC do? It seems like I shouldn't care. FAMU's not in the MEAC anymore. But because of the Celebration Bowl, you need the MEAC. You need the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Where should the MEAC go to get talent? Naturally, most would say, well, what about the CIAA? That's great, but that's already your footprint. I argue and I petition the MEAC should go to the SIAC. That, that's where you go. Go to the SIAC and pick some teams from there. Why? I'm glad you asked. Two reasons you get a new footprint. Namely, you get Georgia back. You had Georgia when you had Savannah State. But you go after about three or four teams from the SIAC and you try to rebuild your brand. That's the way you do it. For me, if I'm the MEAC, I would go after Benedict. Benedict has a brand new stadium. Now you have a regional rival for South Carolina State. And Benedict is a private school. This means they may be able to keep enough money coming in to be able to sustain themselves. Looks like they have about 2,500 students, about the size of a Thune-Cookman, but they own their stadium. It's in Columbia, South Carolina, meaning... Your game with South Carolina State, worst kind of worst, played at the fairgrounds. Best kind of best, keep it in Orangeburg and have a little back and forth there. Because that game's gonna sell out. I don't know. That is a money game every year if you can get them into the conference. I'm just saying that that's just my first move would be there. Second move would be the AU schools. You can pick any two or three of them. Morehouse, maybe, especially if they keep that athletic director they have. Morehouse has 3,000 students and they're all men. I'm just saying. All dude school, 3,000 dudes, and it's a private school. I, I, I might make that move. Morehouse gets you into the Atlanta market. And Morehouse alumni give back. They, they don't play about their school. They love that school. They give back. Morehouse should be one of your considerations, personally. Next one, Clark Atlanta. Again, now you have another private school, about 4,000 students, but it's in the Atlanta market. All of a sudden, the conference goes from South Carolina to Virginia from now you get Georgia. And you don't get Savannah, Georgia. Savannah's a small, sleepy town, but... Now you got the Atlanta the Atlanta market, and when one of those teams comes into the the bowl game, the celebration bowl, now you got home team advantage. And to me, that makes a difference. Another one, I, I'm just saying, I'm gonna keep going all the way through Georgia, Fort Valley, and Albany. And I would ask Savannah State to come back too. 
I would extend all the schools in Georgia, South Carolina, and say, hey, we're trying to join, we're trying to grow our conference. Those are schools that you should hit up. All the schools, Georgia and South Carolina, that are in the SIAC. Also, I would consider Kentucky State, even though they do have issues, they do have problems, if they can commit to growing their product, you now go from Virginia to Kentucky, logical states. And if you're going to do that, central state as well. I would, again, about half of the SIAC should receive an offer from the, from the MEAC. Because now all of a sudden, if you can get three of those schools in Georgia, your travel costs are low. Because all they're doing is riding up and down I-75 to play each other. Especially if you focus Clark Atlanta, Morehouse, and Fort Valley. Those three schools right there are literally an hour, two hours in Atlanta traffic away from each other. And you include Benedict in that. That's four teams in one region that literally you can just have highway series. And if you want to include Albany State, do so. I think they have pretty good facilities. Not a huge fan base, but a solid fan base. Albany State fans are good fans. They're loyal. Again, the school's not huge, but the city of Albany finally figured itself out and said, hey, we need to contribute to the school. And Albany State's got an enrollment of 6,000 students. If they can get that up closer to 10, you're already looking good. And it's at, again, 6,000 now. I'm just saying, those to me would be your big schools to hit up as far as for the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. Because if you get the schools from Georgia and you get the school in South Carolina, being Benedict, again, now you have regional rivalries and it lends yourself to be be able to create pods. One of the things NCAA is getting away from doing is the conference is broken up in Eastern and Western divisions. Now they're going to have pod systems, which allows for conferences to become super conferences. Don't be surprised if the SEC grows to a 16-team conference that splits itself into four different pods. It makes sense. It makes money sense because now you cut down on travel costs. Now you encourage the teams to play each other infrequently, more, more frequently, it just creates a better brand and a better product. And the, who's going to suffer is going to be the smaller conferences unless they take hold of that. And we have to understand as black college fans or consumers of black college athletics that the SWAC and the MEAC are our versions of the SEC and the, the ACC. To me, that, that's, that's my biggest comparison. And I would consider... The SWAC being the closest thing to the SEC, the MEAC, the ACC. And the understanding is you learn from what the SEC has done and not what the ACC has done. Add your teams, invest in the product, get your teams to work together and tow the, the company line and your end product will be better. Opposed to having one or two good teams and a whole bunch of slips like the, like the ACC has. If the MEAC was able to get 
those schools that I was talking about in Georgia, Albany State, Clark Atlanta, Fort Valley, and Fort Valley is a maybe because Fort Valley is kind of small. I'm seeing about 2,000, 3,000 students as a public school. I, I may leave that alone. But again, proximity to Atlanta and Morehouse. And the only reason I, I have Morehouse over Fort Valley, Morehouse is private. Fort Valley is a public school. I have a problem when a public school only has 2,500 students. That, that's a problem. And that's probably what killed Savannah State. 4,000 students at the public school. Travel costs. It, it, they didn't realize Tallahassee was that far from Savannah. It's a ride. Um, but again, I say you, you hit those three, four teams. They already, most of them already have the facilities. Albany State Stadium is fine. Benedict Stadium, fine. Clark Atlanta, I'll double check on their stadium. But I'm pretty sure their stadium is pretty well, if not close. And Morehouse is looking to do facility upgrades. Telling you Morehouse is not playing. They are looking to grow the brand. They are looking to get more involved as far as their athletic program. I'm excited, y'all. I, I think those are my suggestions for the MIAC, y'all. I, I did not intend to do the talk on the MIAC as well. I was just going to focus on the SWAC. But it kind of came up, and it seemed like it was natural since the MIAC and SWAC are bedfellows. Um, but that being said, y'all, I appreciate your time. Thank y'all for listening. I'm going to do my best to make this uh, HBCU Combine today. Mega Camp, sorry, that is here in Orlando. Y'all have a great day, and as always, thanks up.